tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, After Buzzers. Welcome to a new spotlight on. My name is uh, Sam Davidson. I'll be your host this evening. I have the amazingly hilarious Mr. Karn Sony here with me tonight. Hi, America and internet everywhere. (laughs) Internet, iTunes, America, YouTube, SoundCloud. You guys can find us on all of those platforms. Um, Yeah. I am super excited to have Karn here with me tonight. Yes, because we're old friends. Yeah, we are old friends. I will never forget um, when I did improv with you, Karin, and I just knew you were really talented and funny when we did a scene and you popped up in the back seat from nowhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had an improv show. It was amazingly hilarious. Um, if you guys don't recognize Karin, you should. You should. You clearly. should. He's He's been around for a few years now. We both yeah. are also USC alums. That's right. Fight on. Fight on. Any uh, other USC alums out there, give us a fight on. So I just would like to talk tonight about how this all started, because I have known you since before you were famous. Yeah, well, famous in air quotes. You're famous. Okay. (laughs) You're Um, famous. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So first I was born. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. Uh, You were born not in America. Not in America. I was born in India, New Delhi. Um, Shocking. Shocking. How did I survive? (laughs) Um, yeah, I lived there for 18 years. Um, I did some, I started doing theater my freshman year of uh, high school. And, um, it was because I was really bad at science. And so I was taking biology, physics, and chemistry. Ew. And I know it's, and I was just, I was so bad at all of them. And, and, but I, I was like a nerdy Indian student, like everyone else. And my, <laughs> and my, I had a lot of pressure to like do like, you know, the sciences. And so, I was doing so badly, my teacher just had an intervention with my parents and was like, listen, he's not going to graduate if he takes all three of these classes. So either take two sciences and then take another class that's not science because you're not going to graduate. And so the only thing that fit in my schedule was theater. So I very reluctantly took this theater class that ended up having to take it for four years. And um, the first year, I basically did nothing (laughs) because the class was 15 or 16 eager girls who were just like dying to jump up and do every scene they wanted to play like men and they wanted to play all the roles and it was just me and these like three other guys who had no interest in the class and were just like we're too dumb to be in the science class we're just gonna take this class (laughs) and so we just sat in a corner and I, i i'm pretty sure for the whole first year the only acting i did was she had us do object work so she was like uh, imagine you're lifting different kinds of heavy objects and then we had to like pantomime like lifting a box yeah. <laughs> and something like that and even that I hated but that's all I did for a whole year in that class and the girls just would like shoot their hand up and like do every scene and everything and then the second year came around and we had to do our first play and um, they they pick the play whatever and then the play gets shot after you after you perform it and gets recorded and sent to England 
and then they judge it there. It's supposed to be like an impartial system. Mm-hmm. So when the cast list for the play came out, it was it, we none of us had to audition because we all had to be in it. It was part of our test. And so I ended up getting one of the lead parts just because there was just <laughs> not enough guys in the class. Yeah. And um, and I, I, I went to the teacher and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, just give me one of the smaller things. And she was like, no, I can only have so many women play men. <laughs> like, we need to have some <laughs> of the men play men. It's going to look really weird. It's a gift from God. Yeah. And so basically I did that play and, and I was really bad throughout the rehearsal process uh, because my version of good acting at the time was just memorizing the lines mm-hmm. so I was like if I can memorize the lines and be off book then I win at acting <laughs> so like a week into rehearsals I was fully off book for this five act play where I had like monologue after monologue so I you wish, are very smart you know, I wish I had that memory now because I'm really bad now but um, yeah and then um, I showed up to the rehearsal and I was just like m- just saying my lines like a robot and it was awful and the teacher just wanted to give me my space to like let me figure it out and then she realized a month into it that it's never going to get better because I just didn't understand that you're supposed to put emotion (laughs) behind what you're saying I was like I'm saying the line that's good acting right and so finally everyone was off book after a month and you could just see like every time I came into the scene it would just drag the energy down as a comedy and so it was just so bad and so one day she just she singled me out she made me step in front of the whole class and she just screamed at me for like 20 minutes and like let out her frustration and just said you're gonna make everyone else get a bad grade because you're so bad in this play and you're bringing everything down and you just you don't listen and just she just went on and on and I was feeling all these emotions like it's never fun to be singled out you know in any Mm -hmm. class or anything and be told that you're not good and so I was feeling these like emotions I was like really upset and angry and then she's like she she just chewed me out for 20 minutes people were laughing and then she ended up being like let's just go on with the play and I was so angry and said the lines from like the place of anger and she was like what was that <laughs> and I was like what was what and she's like what was- I hate you I know she was like what was that that was good I was like what she's like this she's like keep doing that I was like you want me to be angry and she's like yeah. I was like oh okay <laughs> so then, you should have just told me yeah, that to begin with yeah right? and then I just kind of well she was trying to like let me discover it <laughs> I was like no just give me the line reading at that point in my life um Anyways, so then I kind of started understanding. I was like, oh, this is the emotion. She wants me to, like, find this emotion, whatever. So then we had, like, a week of rehearsal left, and I was I was still, like, affected by what she had done, and I was not feeling confident. And then uh, we did the play, and it went really well. And, um, and I was not very popular in high school up until that point. Like, I would get bullied all the time. Um, and suddenly I did this play and like everyone in the school had to attend because like they, they were recording it. So they're like, we want laughs. Like we want an audience. So everyone ended up watching it. And afterwards, all the cool kids were like, what are you doing later today? <laughs> they were like, come <laughs> hang out with us. And I became cool overnight. So initially I just kept doing theater because I was like, this is my in with the cool people. Like this is the thing that I do. <laughs> And is nothing has changed. Since yeah. then. <laughs> uh, nothing has changed. Um, no. Um, so yeah. Uh, so then I just kept doing it more and more, and I was really into it. But I never considered it like a career option. Um, also, at that time, I don't know I was going to come to college mm-hmm. over here or, or what I was going to do. So um, I ended up coming, going to USC, fight on again, and uh, I was just an undeclared major, and I was up 
aiming towards the Marshall School of Business. And it was the first time in my life in, since those four years that I had not done any kind of theater. And I just suddenly started missing it so much. So I took one class and then two classes and three classes. And then by the end of my freshman year, I was like, okay, I think I have to do yeah. this. And uh, so as a compromise, because uh, my parents were not happy with it, I, I did uh, a lot of film classes because they were like, just produce, just produce, because that's better, <laughs> just uh, produce. But in their defense, like, even when I was in LA, I was like, I don't know how you make money doing this. Like, I don't know, like, what you do or how you do it. So I, if it was scary for me, it must have been, like, 10 times scarier for them. Because yeah. it's just, they have no idea about this world and, and everything, so. And, yeah. and it must be hard, kind of, like, coming from, like, a completely different side of the world, coming here. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so proud of you because, like, you've made, you've really started an amazing career for yourself. Oh, yeah, thanks. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I had a much stronger Indian accent before when I came. And people always ask me, like, how did you get rid of it? And this is the true story is I, <laughs> I brought with me like DVDs of the OC <laughs> because I was obsessed with the show because they were the same year in high school that I was as the show was happening. So it was just this whole thing. And me we, too. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we just, uh, we never used to get it on TV there. Um, and so someone once brought the DVD and it's, so, uh, this is just when I joined the cool kids group and they were all talking about it. And I was like, <laughs> I have to watch it. And I like, uh, watched it and then we bought the other DVDs as they came out and so I was obsessed with wanting to go to Orange County not LA and I applied <laughs> to UC Irvine and I didn't get in even though I had really great uh, good grades uh, because they have less than a 1% international student acceptance rate because oh. it's a state school so yeah. it should be for state students and USC is highly like open to international students because it's a private university they love diversity they love like all kinds of people and I remember at the time being like oh man my life sucks I didn't get into UC Irvine <laughs> <laughs> got into USC but like online I was like oh there's Newport Beach there's like Laguna there's like UC Irvine and that was my dream place to go but that's amazing yeah. I, lo I actually never knew that story um, mm -hmm. let's talk about what I think it, let's see what you think what your big break was I think Ooh. which was safety not guaranteed yeah oh definitely yeah I'd only done one other job before that which is a TV movie for MTV yeah worst yeah. prom worst ever worst prom 2011. ever 2011 back in the day yeah safety not guaranteed that was actually a huge not just a break it was like a defining moment in my life just because um, I had ended up getting like a small agent uh, before my junior year of college just by sending my headshot out to 50 people and like three people responded um and they had been nice enough that they had sent me on one audition almost every week for two years at that point because that's it, pretty good a year and a half it's very good for like just you know small parts but on real tv shows and, and stuff like that and i just it was the same thing where like i just didn't understand how to audition i was so nervous i was not getting anything and a whole year went by and I, I didn't book like a single job and it was almost maybe like 50, 60 auditions. I probably had one call back and, and I was like, wow, this is really hard because you always hear about people saying it's really hard. But then when you experience it, you're like, wow, this is actually really hard. And my senior year, I started going into it and people start, you know, deciding to see what they want to do with the rest of their college life and what they want to do after college and, and all this stuff. And I started seriously thinking, like I set this deadline for myself. Where I was like, if by the end of senior year, like I don't, at least book one job or like have this overwhelming feeling of like I have to pursue this then I'm just gonna apply for a different like a normal job right because and I thought giving myself like two years of going on audition once a week was a pretty fair thing of like look I tried this for two whole years 
and I had a fair chance and it just didn't work out. And then a few months after I set that deadline, I, I booked this worst prom everything and it was such a big thing because it was the first job I ever booked, but I only worked for like three days in New Orleans. And when I was there, it was like a TV movie and I'm grateful for every job, but you know, it's not exactly the best example of like how good <laughs> jobs can be because it was a very specific thing. And um, my first day, I didn't take my cell phone to set. I didn't take a book. I didn't take anything because I'd never been on a set. I didn't know how much waiting was involved. And they called me in and I didn't even have a trailer. I had a honey wagon, which is like a fourth of a trailer next to a porta potty. And so it was basically a porta potty. It was a porta potty. <laughs> and I waited for 15 hours after which they said, yeah, we're not going to use you today. And <laughs> 15 hours without a phone without a book, without anything. And I remember just sitting in this like little prison trailer being like, what am I doing in my life? This is like not that fun. Um, anyway, so I finished that experience and then I was so motivated after that that I'm going to be not doing this anymore because I was like, I just don't see the point because now I've even booked a job and it didn't feel amazing. Yeah, so that motivated you in a way to not pursue <laughs> Yeah, this. to not pursue it. So that's why Safety Not Guaranteed is so important because once I got that, it was really like the first it was, I was I needed it in my life because at that point I had I was done yeah <laughs> given up um and the deadline I'd set was before I graduate and I booked that movie a week before finals and so I mean the timing was just and I'd never said this out loud but in my mind it was something that went through my mind every day all the time where I was like this is the deadline this is kind of like putting it on the universe mm -hmm. or whatever I wanted some kind of sign I guess at that point and and so, of course, filming that movie was such a great experience. It was so collaborative. It was so fun. And everyone was great in it. And, and it just, I came back from doing that and I ended up missing my graduation for it. And it just, everything about it just felt like, okay, I'm going to stick out for like a little bit longer than what yeah. I figured. Yeah. And you made some like very good connections in that film with, you know, comedians yeah. and writers. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza, specifically yeah. Mark Duplass, Jake yeah, Johnson. Great. Yeah, and all those people really like, they were all on the verge of becoming like who they are now. I really felt like we worked at a time when like they were just, you know, on the verge of becoming like much bigger stars. And I remember Jake and I would constantly talk about the new girl pilot because he had just filmed it a few months ago and it got picked up as we, in the middle of us shooting. And, and so for him, like really it was starting then. So it was really nice to get to know those people at that point in their career and stuff like that. And it was really nice to have mentors that, you know, yeah. were older because it's so hard uh, to have people you can like fall back on and we're all still friends and it was a good experience for everyone so it's awesome. yeah I love that I feel like it was one of the like the best first things you know for you to do that yeah. you could do like build a great background for you and then from then you know you had some TV spots yeah, on lots of, lots of different yeah. shows mm -hmm. um, you yeah, know I got to work with Chelsea Handler yeah. Are you... Kiefer Sutherland yeah, yeah it's great uh, Josh Gad on 1600 Pen Jenna Elfman on uh, Growing Up Fisher yeah it's great I love doing TV spots because you get to work with amazing actors for like a day or two days and you're like, that's that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, if you guys haven't noticed already, Karn is like one of the sweetest guys ever. <laughs> so he, I think, you know, has also, he's extremely talented, but you've been able to work with really great people and build your yeah. relationships off of that. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, uh, I love doing TV. I love everything about it. But yeah, I did a lot of guest stars after that, which is normally the, the natural progression, I think, when mm -hmm. you're starting out. If you look at any actor, like everyone's done like Law and Order or like something like that at some point or like one of those things. And it's it's great because TV is like a bread and butter for a lot of actors. It actually pays decently well and and it like keeps you going for like the next month and like the next yeah. month. It's it's 
very yeah i, I love doing guest spots and, and but then you landed betas betas yeah that was um um my first pilot that i booked i had uh auditioned for many pilots before that um and that process is awful like i'm sure people have maybe heard before it's just a very competitive process uh there's a lot of pilots out there and they're all trying to fill these limited roles and they only want these like five six actors <laughs> and so then they're just scrambling to fill out like the rest of the roles and no one really knows what they want so i i had tested for like a lot of pilots and and gone for a lot of auditions and then um this one was the first one that I actually ended up getting um, after seven auditions. It was like a long process, a two and a half month process mm-hmm. of going in like once a week for like seven weeks. Um, but it was so fun because I ended up getting picked up. So <laughs> that's like the nicest thing because you can film as many pilots as you want. But if it doesn't get picked up, it's kind of lost forever. Yeah. And um, what was it like working, you know, with Amazon and like having yeah. it be on an online network as opposed to like an on broadcast yeah. television network? Um, when we were auditioning for when I got the audition for that, it was during pilot season. So I was auditioning for like every big network and for pilots and everything. And then I got the audition for this. And at that time. I think only House of Cards had come out on Netflix. I don't even think Orange is the New Black had come out yet. It was coming out that summer. So it really was such a new thing, which is crazy because it's, I think, two years ago. And now I feel like it's just changed completely mm-hmm. so fast. Uh, where, like, you know, every everyone's just watching stuff online. But, um, yeah, I was a little bit, like, skeptical because I just was skeptical. I was like, does this pay the same as, like, the other stuff? Does like, it? it? It does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what they do is there's a thing called a actor's quote. Um, so if you do a pilot, you have what's a quote, which is like your price per episode that you'll agree to. And so um, the network, whatever network it is, has to match that quote. And if they don't, then you just be like, I'm not going to do this. Um, and then it's up to them and they can match it in like various different ways. Uh, but yeah, the, all those networks, they do match the quote, which is the only way that they can get, you know, a lot of big actors to mm-hmm. sign on to those shows because you have to get compensated for the work. It's not fair otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, but yeah, we did uh, We did that pilot. Uh, we shot it and it was really uh, exciting because just two weeks after we shot it, it was up for people to see, which was really fast. And then a month after that, we got, we got picked up. Um, and that was even at the time I didn't realize what a big thing that was. It was it was so f- it was so great. Um, and everyone on it, like er- I'm really proud of that project. Everyone on it uh, just really was so happy to be there and like excited. And everyone did a great job in their characters. So it was just a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it was it a similar experience with, of course, other space? Other space. Um, you know, it's it was a very different experience. Uh, uh, Beta's was really fun. I mean, it was kind of one of the easiest jobs I've had now that I think about it because it was re- it was really we would shoot three episodes. We would shoot three weeks and we would shoot three episodes, one a week. And then we'd have a week long break, which is a hiatus week, which I figured was on every TV show. And now I've learned very fast that that's that's a luxury if you have that. Um, So we had a hiatus week. And then after the hiatus week, we would fly to San Francisco and just like hang out and shoot like a couple of exterior shots but like mainly just like hang out with the crew for a week and (laughs) and we would take over an entire plane and fly up there and it was so fun and then we would come back shoot like a few more episodes and we shot in Culver Studios which I loved that studio and it was great and then we would have another break and so it was just such a great job it was so fun um and it was very relaxed and uh other space is 
uh, a different show because uh, it's completely shot inside a soundstage. There's no locations mm-hmm. because uh, the concept is it's a bunch of people trapped inside a spaceship. So um, it's shot completely differently and it's shot kind of the office style. We had like the camera department from the office do the show. And so what that basically means is you don't waste so much time setting up the shot. And so you get there and all the cameras are on handheld um, mode and they just go like we do one quick rehearsal and then you just shoot 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 for like 14 15 hours and that allows for like a lot more improv and every take is different so you do one or two scripted and then because the camera you don't really have to set up the shot so the camera can just run and pick up someone's line really fast and then come back out Uh, so it's very chaotic but really fun but it's hard because you're acting for most of the day and there's not that much waiting so after the first two episodes, you're kind of like, oh man, this is like, you have to constantly generate material and, and do it all the time. Well, but see, I was going to ask you, one of the things I was going to ask you, you know, because I know you have the improv background, yeah. but it's so well written also. Yeah. And, you know, created by Paul Feig, like, yeah. amazing. Yeah. And did you, so you did get to improv a little bit. Yeah, oh, a lot. Well, uh, I think a lot of people don't know this about Paul, but this is how he does everything. Like, uh, from Bridesmaids to everything else, he is strong believer of improv when it comes to comedy. And um, we had, like, really good writers on the show, and I thought the scripts were really funny. And, and I think with all improv, it's it always comes from the script. So it's not just you making up stuff out of nowhere it's like oh they already wrote the scene and set up the situation i'm just going to pick a different punchline for each take and maybe one of the punchlines will be funnier than like what they or whatever and it's a very collaborative thing it's not like the actors are just coming and throwing the script away and being like we're going to be crazy and just improv a bunch of stuff which is what normal improv is like because you just take a suggestion and mm-hmm. do it it's very much like in the structure of like the script and what the writers have already given us um and so paul understands that too and he's not precious of the writing of the script of anything um and so even the audition process for that show when we were auditioning for him he made me do the scenes once and then he just got up from his seat and like grabbed my sides and took them away and he's like let's just improv a little bit and he would throw me like situations and I would react as the character um and that's what we did on the show too we would do one or two scripted takes and then they would just let us do whatever we wanted so Mm -hmm. it was really fun I love it. I've watched oh, it thanks. twice yeah. through. It's pretty amazing. And we will hopefully find out about season two very yeah, soon. very soon in a few days, I think, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe a few weeks, yeah. And real quick, I just want to touch upon a few of the other projects that you have coming up, which yes. are big, one of which is on your t-shirt. Yes, uh, Deadpool Vancouver. That's not what the movie's called. It's called Deadpool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, we can't talk much about it yet. Yeah, I will just say that um, it's Deadpool based on the Marvel character Deadpool, played by Ryan Reynolds. He's part of the X-Men family. Um, the comic, for people who are fans of the comic, I think they're going to love, love, love the movie. I-, I didn't know too much about the comic, and then they sent me some of them, and I read it. It's it's very gritty. It's rated R. It's very bloody and fun. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is amazing as the main character. He really is fully committed to the character. And it's I'm so excited. It comes out February 12th. Ah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. And also, let's talk for a second about Goosebumps for a moment. Goosebumps. Yeah, did you read those books? Of course I did. Yeah, me too. And, I think that was yeah. like one of the first books I ever read was Goosebumps. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Um, Jack Black plays R.L. Stein, And the, they found, I don't want to spoil the movie, but they found a concept wherein they've, they've put most of the iconic books and monsters into the one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they figured out like this plot way where they can do that. And it's just like a big, fun movie. I'm a small part of it, but 
I was just so happy to be just a part of it because I've never been a part of something that I was a fan of as a kid. And it was just, I was just, I can't, Arl Stein was there while I was there. It was just crazy. Ah, it was amazing. That's yeah. so cool. I think that comes out in October. Yes. And one last thing I'd like to plug for you, Karin, is Blunt Talk <laughs> with Patrick Stewart. Oh, gosh, Stewart. yes. You're like my manager, publicist, agent, all rolled in I'm one. obsessed with you. Yeah. I love you. You know I love yeah, you. Yeah, Blunt Talk with Sir Patrick Stewart. Just kidding. No, <laughs> I, I said Sir for like the first two weeks. And then by the by the end of the second week, I was like, oh, Patrick, can you help me run these lines really <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a created by Jonathan Ames, who created the show Bored to Death, uh, produced by Seth MacFarlane. It's basically a 30-minute funny version of the newsroom. Uh, so Patrick Stewart kind of plays a riff of Pierce Morgan. So he's a, a British cable news anchor on American TV. And the whole show is about his like incompetent news staff. I play one of the writers on the show. And how they, they're kind of dealing with his everyday like him failing and then them failing and it's really really funny we have great guest stars elizabeth chu jason schwartzman ed begley jr richard lewis it's just a spoils of uh. riches cast um and then uh, jackie weaver uh plays my love interest in the show she is uh 68 years old um and oh we have to make out a lot and <laughs> with tongue so tune in for that if yeah if anything that. tune in for, for that. that it'll yeah. be coming out sometime in august, august on, stars, yeah, on stars yeah. which is amazing okay why don't you tell our awesome after buzzers that are watching where we can find you on the interweb uh on the interweb uh on twitter at uh at it's karen sony i-t-s-k-a-r-a-n-s-o-n-i and same handle for instagram Awesome. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can find me, your host, Sam Davidson, on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43 and online at SamDavidsonEntertainment.com. Don't forget to follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, The Works. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was so impressive, you guys. I know. Wow. That that was really good. That came out fast. Yeah. Um, I think I was possessed by the AfterBuzz gods, a.k.a. Maria Menudos. Um, Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching and make sure to catch up with Karin. Follow Mm. him. He is amazing. He's a lot of stuff coming up and uh, we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 